This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. Hello and welcome to the Fun Kids Book Club podcast. My name is Bex and I love books and I've got loads of stuff on today's podcast, including a chat with Connie Huck, a chat with the author John Doherty and some of the best books you need to check out right now. But first, here is my big book trivia question for today. When is Harry Potter's birthday? Is it A, the 31st of July, 1980? B, the 29th of July, 2000? Or C, the 30th of July, 1995? Yeah, it's quite tricky, but, well, if you're a super Potter fan, you might just know the answer. First up, let's find out what happened when Dan chatted to Connie Hook. You're listening to Fun Kids. Uh, this is Dan uh, with TV legend, Blue Peter hero and now debut author, Connie ah. Huck in the studio. Hello. Hello, Dan. Thank you. No, thank you so much for joining us. So the book is Cookie and the Most Annoying Boy in the World. Yeah, he is pretty annoying. But I have to say, she's pretty annoying too. You have to conclude who's the more annoying by the end of the book. Well, here's something. <laughs> who's the most annoying boy in your life? Oh, probably both of my sons. <laughs> They're five and seven and hopefully they can't hear me saying this. You know, annoying is in the eye of the beholder. I think so, but then there are just annoying <laughs> traits that for everyone. Talk to me about the very first idea that you had for Cookie and the most annoying boy in the world. When did it come into your mind? I think it came into my... Well, I've always had this character, Cookie that I would tell stories about to nephews if I was babysitting or younger cousins or extended family members. You know, sometimes you end up looking after a child. And this character, Cookie, is very much, I'd say, a cross between Bridget Jones and Wimpy Kid. (laughs) So chaos follows her around. And I was very interested in doing a book where you see her thoughts. Because in life, you can say one thing and do one thing and often be thinking another thing and you know especially in this the world of instagram and so on and so forth people curate this sort of image they want people to see and i think we all know what it's like to feel a bit of an outsider or a bit other in situations where you feel you might not fit in everyone can relate to that and so that's sort of how cookie came about but i also wanted to write a book where there were good values of Social awareness, inclusivity, diversity. You know, my parents came over to the UK in the 60s and they had dreams of us three daughters being scientists, engineers, mathematicians. And, you know, STEM learning, science, technology, engineering and maths were very much the revered career path and profession in their background. And then I think they came over here and, you know, it's sort of more glamorous to be on telly or to, you know, we're working in fashion And so it's the sort of flip reverse. So in the book, I do try and flip reverse stereotypes to some extent. So Cookie's very into long words, like her favourite words are stuff like defenestrate, which means to throw out the window and guffaw, a loud, hearty laugh. You know, she loves funny words. She loves science because that's the reason why we exist on Earth as anything other than cavemen in caves with simple tools. You know, innovation and science means that we can be on the radio and chatting right now with headphones and microphones and we can fly in planes. You know, so I've tried to put sort of good values in there because I do think as children we're shaping and learning and then once you've gone through school and you're in your 20s, you're pretty formed. And then once you're in your 30s, it takes years to undo the mind thoughts in your head almost. So 
if kids have good values through reading, which breeds empathy, then they can take those with them wherever they go in life, whether they're the president of the USA or, a, you know, a company director, CEO of a big firm. As long as you've got the right good values, you'll make society a better place. But also things that strike through to your core as a child, whether it's a bit of a science learning, an experiment that, you know, goes in a funny way and explodes or, you know, things that get to kids, they can often take with them through life. You said uh, cookie's favourite word. Mm. Defenestrate. And well, guffaw. that's one of them. Guffaw, yeah. What's your favourite word? Oh, I have loads of favourite words. G- give me the one that immediately comes to your mind, three, two, one, now. Okay, so troglodyte is a good one, that's which means cave dweller, which Cookie also likes. Um, but then some words I just like because of the sound. So glockenspiel is a good word, which is actually German, um, but it's sort of like a xylophone. It's an instrument that is very similar to a xylophone. But, you know, I remember on my Blue Peter years, often I'd be making something or doing something and the director might say, you know, maybe don't say the word adjacent because children won't understand that. And I would say if one child learns a new word, it's a good Mm. thing. And it doesn't matter as long as they get the gist, because that's how our language and our vocabulary comes on leaps and bounds, by sort of taking it in and gradually learning what different words and different things mean. So I always think never patronise or talk down to children. And, you know, kids remember far more than us adults do, because everything is being absorbed now you've also drawn all the pictures I've drawn all you're the you're the pictures. illustrators and they're, they're they're wonderfully simple and and they kind of let you know exactly, no, I knew are you that, being polite I knew when I said that word it, was, it wasn't going to appear how I meant it yeah they just beautifully explain what's going on in the story what's happening inside Cookie's head talk to me about how that came about because Cookie has these crazy thoughts I wanted to be able to convey what's going on in her head as well as what's going on in the actual story And actually to write that down sometimes doesn't do it as much justice as putting it into a picture because the two things are working alongside each other in parallel. So I didn't want to necessarily take the story off on too many sort of tangents. So that meant that by putting the pictures in, I could work the two together. But also pictures are a brilliant way to draw readers in and maybe reluctant readers as well. I know my son loves the Wimpy Kids books. And when he was younger, he'd often like just a picture or a funny expression on a person that he'd laugh at for ages. And as kids get older, they can return to a book and get more out of it and more and more out of it. So my son's seven and that's his, he could be biased, but that's his favourite book, (laughs) Cookie and the Most Annoying Boy in the World. But I know there's loads of things that will go over his head. But then as he gets older and comes back to it, you know, 12 year olds find different things in that book than, say, seven year olds that they like. But they can still all enjoy the story. But some things might work on a more complicated level than other things. You're writing for a huge range there. And and also um, you've mentioned your sons, you mentioned being a mum yourself. But how much of you is writing knowing that this is something you would want your kids to, to read? Well, Covey, my seven-year-old, was very much a part of the writing process. You could say that he was like an editor. It's important, you know, that it hits the right notes with the target reader. So it's been really helpful. So I feel that now, you know, that I've got the hours of nine to three while the kids are in school. 
everything has come together and the timing just felt so perfect. Uh, the world moves on so quickly. People have written originally pens, papers, then laptops, and now on the go. You wrote this on your phone, Connie. I did. I wrote the whole book on my phone. I, write, I tend to write in chunks of 500. So every chapter is split up into three chunks of 500, more or less. And... You know, the way Cookie's mind works, she'll go off on tangents. She'll, she doesn't just do something. She'll question everything. And I think children do that. So in a weird way, writing it in that manner really works with the style of the book. This is the start of a series. Mm. Uh, what more can we expect from Cookie? OK, so book one is you're introducing everyone to the world and the characters and, you know, who Cookie's best friend is and what her parents are like, what her sisters are like. And who she is as a person in her head. So the fact she likes learning, she likes science, all of that stuff. So book one is very much to do with those themes. Then book two is all about saving the planet. So it's all about being eco-aware and, you know, the the kids go to a forest club and, you know, it's very eco-conscious. And then book three is going to be sort of about tech and coding and hacking so they all have a sort of theme running through them that hopefully will yeah resonate with kids uh, it's called cookie and the most annoying boy in the world written and illustrated by connie huck thank you so much for telling us all about it thank you now i'm joined in the studio by imogen my book expert hello hello what book should i have in my life this week imogen right we're doing top three top three this week and uh, the first is Ariki and the Island of Wonders by Nicola Davies now from the front of this book it looks very tropical it does it looks kind of Moana-y so if you're into that film which is a fabulous film you're gonna like this book it's about Ariki and her friend Ippo and they uh, go on a boat with their little pig piglet bad boy and they get into a storm and uh, they wash up on a far away shore now when they're there they bump into uh, a man called crusoe mcrobinson uh-huh mm-hmm. love that and with crusoe mcrobinson they uh, kind of learn about the dark dangerous scaries of the wild and the island and there is a big bird called mweep or who just makes the noise mweep and it's all very wonderful anyway and then um i'm not gonna spoil it for you but um they learn lots of things and they there is courage and there's adventure and um friendship and it's a great you're doing like jazz hands. I about know. That. Okay, excellent. Uh, what is up next on your recommendations? Next is a brilliant book. I inhaled this in approximately half an hour. Okay. It's called King Dave Royalty for Beginners by Ellis Dolan. Now, uh, Ellis has written a couple of these books before, including uh, Knighthood for Beginners and Wizarding for Beginners. Now, in this book, the uh, king goes away. Um, and King Dave is kind of like his trusty uh, person that he uh, likes to like. Kind of leaves it too? Does he look, yeah, like, so, look after it? Yeah, so when the, the king kind of goes away because he's going to this conference uh, convention thing um, with the Queen Belinda of Potato Land, okay. he leaves uh, Dave and Dave's trusty steed, Ulbricht, um, to run the kingdom. And um, it all goes a bit bonkers if I'm honest with you Bex it all goes a bit awry and at the end there's a, there's a battle 
the queen tries to, t- t- to take over the land, uh, the potato queen. Um, he, she tries to take over the land. Dave goes a bit manic. Albrecht gets kicked out of the kingdom. He comes and saves the day. It's all very wonderful. It's hilarious. It's great. Go and read it. Brilliant. Okay, uh, I will. Thank you. And finally, I can see you've got, I think, what uh, is the sequel to one of my favourite books I've read recently. Yes. So this is a sequel to Charlie Changes Into a Chicken. And it is Charlie Turns Into a T-Rex by Sam Copeland. And again, another brilliant, very funny book. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you haven't read the first one a what are you doing absolutely uh you need to do it and also it's kind of i'm gonna read a bit from the book this is an author's note very early page six very (laughs) early on the book so not really big spoilers but he says if you haven't read book one in this series charlie changed into a chicken then you're probably pretty confused about what's going on right now tough luck you should have bought book one if you come waltzing in here thinking oh i don't need book one i'm very clever and i'm sure i'll work out what's happening as i go along well now he looks silly you haven't got a clue what's going on, have you? I love it so much. So good. There's lots of kind of like in-jokes. He does little footnotes yeah. at the bottom of the page that kind of explain, but also they're very funny. Um, oh, I should probably tell you about what goes on in the book. <laughs> um, so Charlie McGuffin has a problem where, if you haven't read the book, first book, spoiler, he turns into different animals when he's stressed or upset or whatever. And him and his friends learn that it is when he's stressed and upset. So they try and keep him calm at all times. And then in this book, basically, his family are going through a bit of a tough time. Um, and it's looking like they're going to have to move out of their house and tighten the purse strings because they don't have very much money. They're going to have to move in with Aunt Brenda and her 17 cats. Mm. And it's all very, very stressful. And obviously, when Charlie gets stressed, he turns into animals and then him and his friends are trying to save the day um, and squander what's going on with his family because his dad's business is being squashed by this big other business. Oh my goodness. So they try and win back this, the money that's rightly his dad's oh. and it all goes a bit Pete Tong um, but they need to make sure that Charlie doesn't get so stressed that he stays as a pigeon forever um, and yeah. I, can't, I genuinely can't wait to read it. When I saw it in the Funkist studio I was like yes that is on my must read list immediately. Absolutely and uh, there's something in here for everyone like young kids are going to love it Older kids are going to love it. There's something for everyone. Mums and dads love it as well. Absolutely. It's genuinely funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, brilliant stuff. Thank you very much, Imogen, for that. No worries. And uh, should we just do a little update on the Fun Kids Book Club? Book yes. club. Yes. The Book Club Book Club. Yeah. Um, if you did not listen to the last episode of uh, the Book Club, yeah, what are you doing? That was me tutting you, by the way. Tut, tut, tut. 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 Um, you will not know that we have started a Book Club Book Club where we are reading a different book every month, all of us, all together, and then at the end of the month, we're all going to have a big chat about it. And this month's book is Philip Pullman's The Northern Lights. So uh, we'd never read this book before, the two of us, and we were guessing a lot of our listeners might not have either. So this is a chance to get out the brand new or maybe battered copy of Northern Lights you maybe have at home or from the library, from your school, and give it a read. Yeah, absolutely. And how are you getting on with it, Bex? I'm not going to lie, I've not got too far. I've been reading a lot of other books and this has not made it to the top of my pile yet. Well, you need to get your priorities in order. Uh, I also have not read too much. I read about five chapters. 
I'm really enjoying it so far. Yeah. Um, I think it's got a lot of promise and I think we're going to do well. Um, I was very confused at the beginning because someone kept talking to me about some golden compass and then I realised that in America they call it the golden compass and in England it's called Northern Lights. (laughs) So I was very confused. (laughs) I see. Um, But uh, it is the Northern Lights because we're in England. And um, yeah, no, really enjoying it. Really like the characters so far. Really, it's got a lot of spooky, mysterious stuff that I don't really know what's going on but I'm really excited to find out. And um, I implore all of you listeners to carry on with the book. Like, we're carrying on with the book and we will read it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the end of the month. And we'll review it. I think, will it be the next podcast? It will be the next podcast. Next podcast. Oh, my goodness. Better get my skates on. Yeah. Uh, brilliant, Imogen. Thank you so much for popping by. Not at all. Next up, we're going to have a little chat with the author, John Doherty. Hello, I'm joined in the studio by John Doherty. Hello, how are you doing? Hi, it's great to be here again. Thank you so much for coming by. Uh, you've got a brand new book out, Mark and Shark Detectiving and Stuff. Mark and Shark Detectiving and Stuff, indeed I do. I love it so much. Detectiving is a made-up word, I'm guessing, by you? Yes, yes it is. Excellent. Basically, the idea in the story is that uh, when Mark decides he wants to set up a detective agency, he asks his best friend Shark, who mm-hmm. is a shark, to help out. And she says, I'm no good at de- detectiving. So he says, well, what are you good at? And she says, stuff. And that's where it comes from. And that's where it comes from. They, so they set up a detectiving and stuff agency. So in this book, you've got not just sharks, but you've also got unicorns and you've got household appliances and yes. you've got desks that are quite active as well. Absolutely, yeah. It's quite a big world. It is quite a big world. Well, when I was thinking about this thing, I had a, a chat with my, my publishers, OUP, Oxford University Press. I had a bit of a meeting. I'd done six Stink Bomb and Ketchup Facebooks and they said, you know what, we'd like some more Stink Bomb and Ketchup Facebooks maybe in a while, but we want to rest the series for now and maybe come up with something new. And they said, we really like the way that in Stink Bomb and Ketchup Face you have other things come to life. So I created this world kind of populated it with you know talking fridges and desks and so on and and then they went actually that's that's maybe just a little too much so we've ended up with an ice cream war between a polar bear and a penguin this is ursula the polar bear right that's right yes she pops into the the office and she needs a bit of help with her ice cream business i suppose that's right because she has uh, you know mark gets all excited because he thinks that she's come to ask for some detectiving but nope she wants stuff she wants stuff she wants somebody to help them sell ice cream because as it transpires she's just lost her her only employee darcy darcy yeah yeah. darcy's quite competent isn't she i i like darcy a lot yeah no darcy is one of the few people in the book who actually knows what she's doing yeah you know i i like her a lot she's got real attitude you know she uh she doesn't take any nonsense from anybody but uh but at the same time she needs a job because it does turn out there's there's more going on than meets the eye yes and maybe detective comes into it a little bit more than we realize yes yes uh mark gets his chance to do some detectiving though nobody actually pays him for it but he 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 ends up having to use his detectiving skills to solve the mystery in the end it's a really fun book oh i'm so glad you think so i hope listeners from from hearing us chat about describing it it shows how mad and how fun it is and it's really like a really easy read as well in a in a way that like you want to turn the page really quickly to find out what happens next well that's kind of my aim with with mark and shark i wanted more of a page turner but with funny bits yes you know i wanted i wanted it very definitely to be comedy and i wanted there to be bits in it that people will laugh at but i also wanted there to be bits that would make people go (gasps) 
what's going to happen? <laughs> you know, oh no! And there's really fun illustrations as well, we should say. Oh, Katie Aby, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, she is brilliant. It's the first time I've been paired with her for a book, but she's just done such a fantastic job. There's this one bit where she's done this double page spread. It's just illustration and it looks utterly fantastic you know she's got the the unicorn silhouetted against the morning sun and some of the villains in the foreground and you know the city spread out before you it's fantastic it sets the tone doesn't it it really does it's really good in your brand new book you have a quiz at the end of it yes to find out which character you are from mark and shark i wanted to just know which one you are oh you've done the quiz i I haven't actually dared to do the (gasps) quiz but i think I think most writers, there's something of themselves in most of their characters. Okay. You know, I mean, sometimes if you've written a real baddie, I think there's still an element of, if I was allowed to be really bad, this is what I would do. What would I be like? In some ways, there's a little bit of of, of me in all the characters, but I think if I had to pick one, I hope it would be Mark. Well, okay, that's good. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, you want the lead, you want the hero, yeah? Yes, yeah. yeah. But also, uh, he's he's kind of, in some ways, the sensible one holding things together at right. times. He He's like, you know, basically trying to be good and trying to do the right thing the whole time and trying to, trying to put everything right for people. So I'd like to think there's that. Having said that, show me a well-stacked buffet table and I, there's a bit of shark in me as well. <laughs> I did the quiz. I hovered between Darcy and Shark. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was a variable thing there. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so I had I had a bit of a mishmash. Okay. Um, so I've made up my own quiz because you oh. had your quiz in the book. Okay. And I've made my own about ice cream because obviously it's oh, ice cream features yes. heavily. Yes. And does. I want to see how much you know about ice cream. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, no judgment, but you this know. could be tricky. But let's go let's, for it. Let's find out. First question in my big ice cream quiz: What is the most popular ice cream flavor? <sighs> Ooh, that's a. Mm. I'm going to guess it's either vanilla or chocolate, and I reckon chocolate might have overtaken vanilla. I'm going for chocolate. Oh no! You should have stuck with your first answer. Oh, that was vanilla. Was it, it was vanilla. Oh no! I oh. thought I was going to ease you in gently. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. I thought it was a trick question. It's not a trick question. No. I don't do tricks on fun kids. <laughs> uh, next question: Which of these flavors is real? Hot dog, beef burger, or pizza? Which which ice cream flavor exists? In You're the real kidding! World? One, One of, of those, those is real. real. Yes. Oh my goodness! I have to say, I'm usually really good at quizzes. Okay. I was at a writers' conference recently, and I was on the winning quiz team. Well, it's not you helping know, you now, is it's it? It's not helping me now at all. <laughs> Hot dog, beef burger, or pizza? pizza I'm cream. going to guess that somebody might have come up with pizza flavor ice cream. That's a good guess, but it's wrong. (gasps) Oh no! Hot dog flavor. Hot dog, really? I can't think of anything worse, to be honest. Well, yeah, I could. (laughs) (laughs) You know, slug and lettuce flavor, maybe, or you know, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, the creepy crawly flavor. And and didn't Heston Blumenthal do an egg and bacon flavor ice cream? Oh, egg ice cream. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, don't put savory things in ice cream is my takeaway from all of this. Generally not. No, no. not a good idea. Okay. Uh, Except for the salt and salted caramel flavour. <gasps> yes, oh, please. Salt caramel. Yeah. Uh what is the most popular ice cream selling day? This is quite tricky, I think. Mm, the most popular ice cream. I think you've got a choice of two. Yeah. 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 You see, it's it's probably a weekend. Day. Yeah, it's not going to be a Tuesday. It, probably not. Although people yeah. might be so depressed on a Tuesday that they go, I need cheering up. I'll yeah. go and get, get an ice cream. But I am going to guess that it might be Sunday. That's sort of, what else can we do? Let's go and get an ice cream. 
That is correct. It's Sunday. Yes, I got one right. I would have said Saturday. So yes, well done. Saturday was my first thought, but then I thought, well, no, wait a minute. You know, and when I was a kid, I mean, growing up in Northern Ireland, there was much less to do on Sundays than (laughs) there is now. I mean, seriously, there were some town councils who would chain up the swings on a (gasps) Sunday so that you couldn't swing on them. What? Yeah, I know. Uh, I know, outrageous. Wow. But they would do that. And, you know, and all the shops were closed and everything. So going out for an ice cream, what will we do? Oh, we're bored. It's a nice sunny day. Let's go up the coast and buy an ice cream. So, yeah. There's nothing better, is there? Especially if you can't go on the swings. I know, I know. Man. I still can't believe they did that. Gutted. It's just cruel. Um, how many licks does it take, on average, to finish a cone of ice cream? <sighs> I guess one one ball of ice cream inside a cone. How long would it take? How many licks? How many licks? Oh, it's numbers. I'm not Mm. great with numbers. And of course, there's all kinds of variables. Like if you're a shark, it would probably be one. Sure. Uh, If not fewer. (laughs) I am going to guess that on average about 40. It's close. It's 50, but that's a pretty good guess. I'm I'm pleased with that one. Good one. What did Alexander the Great flavour his ice cream with? What kind of toppings did he go with? Was it? Oh. St- do, you, do you know? You seem like you know. No, no, I no. don't. I didn't actually know he had ice cream. He did. Uh, was it strawberries, honey, or beetles? Right, it's going to be honey or beetles, isn't it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, uh, he was an emperor. It's going to be nothing so special as. My heart is saying, go honey, go honey, <laughs> but actually, I am going to guess beetles. You're going beetles? Yeah. Nature's uh, hundreds and thousands. Uh, yeah. Sadly, no, you're wrong. No, it's it was honey. honey. It was honey. Okay. <laughs> and finally, you, I mean, you're not you're not winning so far. No, this, I'm really not. This could pull you back. Okay. And, and this is this is a judgment call on my my behalf here. Yeah. What's your favourite flavour of ice cream? I think I'm going to have to go with the old standard. If I have to pick a favourite, if I was only allowed one flavour of ice cream for the rest of my life, I think I would have to go with chocolate. Chocolate! You know what? I'm a big chocolate fan and you pulled it all back. So, John, thank you for coming by. Mark and Shark Detectiving and Stuff is out right now. It is, yes. And everybody needs to go and buy it. Fab, thank you so much for coming by. Thank you. Fab Stuff. And John is going to do a reading from his brand new book. That day, like so many days, began with a shark bursting through the door. Seal! The shark yelled and jumped at me, sharp teeth flashing in the morning light like tiny white pixie hats of death. If I'd been a less quick-thinking sort of Mark, this story would have ended right there, with little bits of Mark all over the office, and a shark standing on the welcome mat chewing and saying, This seal tastes a bit funny. But you don't get to my age, in this city, without knowing that the best way to repel a shark attack is to biff the shark on the nose. So I biffed the shark on the nose. Ow! yelled the shark, leaping backwards. What did you do that for? You were trying to eat me, I explained, with what I felt was admirable patience. Again. Yeah, all right, I was, admitted the shark cheerfully. But it's not my fault. I thought you were a seal. Yes, I know, I said, but I'm not. Honestly, shark, how long have we known each other? Surely by this time you ought to be able to tell the difference between me and the seal. Shark shrugged. I wouldn't keep mistaking you for a seal if you didn't keep dressing like one. I'm not dressed anything like a seal, I said. This was true. Anyone who's ever met Shark takes particular care to not dress like a seal. Sadly, it rarely makes any difference. Oh, said Shark. Okay, but I was definitely expecting to find a seal in here. This was a new one. 
Taking Shark gently by the fin, I led her out into the hallway and pointed at the shiny brass plaque fastened to the wall just outside the office. Read the top line, I told her. Squinting, she read, Mark and Shark. Right, I said. So what would you expect to find in there? She rubbed her nose thoughtfully. Um, a mark and a shark, I suppose. Does it say anything about seals? I asked. Nope. Right, I said. No seals, just a mark and a shark. She peered through the doorway. Wait a minute, she said. It's clearly some kind of trick. There aren't any marks or sharks in there. That, I said, is because we're standing out here. She looked at me and then checked her reflection in the brass plaque. Oh, yeah, she said. What are we doing out here instead of in there? Thank you very much to John Doherty and to Connie Hook and to Imogen for popping by the Fun Kids Book Club podcast. Just enough time to tell you the answer to my Harry Potter-related questions. Today's was, when is Harry Potter's birthday? Is it A, the 31st of July, 1980? B, the 29th of July, 2000? Or C, the 30th of July, 1995? Now, I thought this was quite tricky, but maybe you're a big Potter fan and you got it immediately. The answer is A... 31st of July 1980 if you got it right well done massive congratulations go and celebrate by reading Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone I will see you next time in the book club and if you've enjoyed this remember rate, review, subscribe and tell all of your friends about it bye so that was a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com